That old Max Black magic. A gallery production. Sound effects by Freecell. Music by Purple Planet. It is extraordinary that Max Black persists, despite a small but dedicated following, an obsessively detailed website run by an admirer, and a full-length documentary available on DVD. His records sell in tiny numbers without any advertisements or promotion. All that is known about Max Black is that his music is released on a label called Gallatry, which appears to be associated with no other musician or band, and that the company, based in Gallatry, is registered in the name of Adam Aardvark. When about a quarter of a century after the first record was released, someone playing Max Black music turned up unannounced in Glasgow. The musician was simply identified as a representative from Gallatry Industries. 
There's no reason to suppose that the unsettling photographs on the front of the most of the Max Black records are not of the man himself, assuming that he exists, and this has never been formally confirmed. It follows that the listener to the music and the viewer of the images on the album covers are given the opportunity to project any amount of subjective thoughts and feelings into the space vacated by facts. The figurative images appear to be of the same person, but they also seem not to be in chronological order. Otherwise, they represent a single guitar, a cheap drum kit, shadowy interiors of an unremarkable and bare room, or banal but spooky exteriors of clapboard suburban houses. There is an emphasis on drawn curtains and open doors, which suggests that we are being invited in cautiously to a private place. We suppose, for want of any other information, that the man in the photographs has played at the musical instruments and that the empty rooms and houses are where he has lived. There is never any sign of the presence of other people, although sometimes a small band plays on the records. More recently, about 30 or so albums, the sleeve photographs have become increasingly open and expansive. As a series, and often individually, these are resonant photographs, oddly compelling. They are bleak and deeply ambivalent. They seem to embody opposing qualities, familiarity and distance, intensity and banality, lyricism and paranoia. The tension that holds them together is unstable. It seems always about to dissipate into nothingness. Sometimes a difference is considered to be positive. When someone has a special skill or talent, for instance, just as often, however, difference is perceived negatively. When this happens, people become strangers. Their presence is in our midst, is not altogether welcome. We no longer feel comfortable with them. Strangers, those with difference, are often alienated or excluded, not always consciously, from mainstream society. An inner sense of alienation is of another order. Sometimes an answer to this form of self-consciousness may lie in living acutely in the loneliness, experiencing its intensity. In our society, other than in therapy or analysis, it is not easy to find a container for such experiences. In a non-Western context, it may be less difficult. In shamanic cultures, for example, an initiate may show signs of disturbing behaviour, singing and dancing in an unconventional manner, or of having been in touch with spirit. Such peak experience, which might be considered psychotic in our society, would often be viewed as a sign of exceptional sensitivity to the realities of the other world. To a shaman, his sense of being alienated from the norm might be contextualized as an introduction to another state of consciousness, one not dominated by intense emotions, but by new perceptions and richer spiritual understanding. The shaman recognizes that in our own depths we possess enormous reserves of strength, of which we are normally unaware. Looked at from a psychological perspective, this kind of intensity is often caused by a flooding of the unconscious into the conscious mind, a process that may make you believe that is coming from the outside world, taking the form of a vision or, perhaps, a message from the dead. This may be to underestimate its metaphysical reality.
Someone once wrote of Max Black's past record that it was the most frightening music he'd ever heard. Max Black's intensity sustained over decades is a rare phenomenon. It is archetypal, reminiscent of the myths surrounding the blues singer Robert Johnson, whose vision, as Grail Marcus so immemorably put it, was of a world without salvation, redemption or rest and who was reputed to have sold his soul to the devil in order to learn to play the guitar with such extravagant skill and feeling. Max Black's early music, much of its later work, although still indebted to the blues, is more varied, is rooted in this tradition and probably couldn't have existed without it. What is particularly strange, however, is that he pays no heed to the structural grammar of the blues. He reinvents the language as though there were no guides or mentors and no one to whom he could be apprenticed. It is as if one part of him longs for tradition and craft and community, while the other is determined to follow a solitary path. He was once asked if he ever tuned his guitar. The answer was yes, but only in ways that sounded good to him. At first, with Max Black's music, we feel the fear. It contains neither hope nor trust, but then, gradually, the vulnerability comes into play, as does the desire to share and communicate. There are shadows and the residue of presence. The music, despite itself, becomes evocative. This is also true of the albums themselves. It's not uncommon to find a Max Black record unopened, unplayed, but nonetheless cherished by its owner. This is not just because it is more valuable to a collector in its pristine condition. The record itself, like a fetish, carries a charge. Max Black's art is about emptiness, but it is not without beauty, albeit an anxious beauty of isolation and debt. Besides, because of its emotional honesty and determined bravery, it is curiously life-affirming. Listening to Yellow Tree, a community-funded local radio station. I'm Adam Ardvark. Max couldn't be around at the end of the show. He often needs to lie down in a darkened room and sort of, well, convalesce. If you enjoyed today's show and want to know more or simply express a simple and not very cogent opinion, then email us at welcometogalatree at gmail.com. You can tell us what you think, although we might already know what you think. Or failing that, if you genuinely have no idea, we can helpfully provide some new ideas that you can call your very own. Ideas that you can share with your friends and family and become a much more interesting and likable person, if only to yourself. This has been a Gallatry Entertainment broadcast recorded in a haunted pub in Gallatry. No, honestly, voices appeared on the recordings that we later had to edit out. I think we got them all. 
but who's going to know for sure? Anyway, Gallatry is performed by Max Black, written and recorded by Max Black and Adam Ardark, is copyright Gallatry Productions. Thanks for listening. But remember, on your next journey home, Gallatry may be just around the corner. I took a trip in a Jiminy spacecraft And I thought about you I passed through the shadow of Jupiter And I thought about you I shot my space gun Oh, I really felt blue Time it was and the lights were low. I leaned back on my radio. Some cat was laying down, some getting on rock and roll. He said, Then the loud sound it seemed to fade. It came back like a slow voice on a wave of fate.